Thank you for joining us today at River City Church, a church living in love. If you have a prayer need, would like to speak to a pastor, or have questions about today's message, please email us at info at For more information or to give to the ministries of River City Church, please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. God Jesus, Jesus, it's my mic check, Christian mic check. You ever notice when like a pastor gets up and he starts, like he's kind of transitioning and he says, he says kind of lightly, he's like, Jesus, Jesus, to see if the mic's on. That's why I always say Jesus first. So, man, I'm, I'm stoked about today. Um, I just feel like God's going to do some, some great stuff. By the way, thanks so much for partnering with us in raising our child. We really don't take it lightly. Um, I think in the last season, we understand more and more how we need people, and I'm thankful to have a body of believers that get behind us and are willing to help us parent. You don't find that any, at any church. So thank you. I give you permission to um, discipline our ch- children in a really healthy way, like nothing really weird, but just like a good, like a good way. Uh, so, you know, if they, if they talk back to you at any point, you can correct them. It's all right. Uh, so just, just, I really am excited about the, the freedom that you guys have and the opportunity we have to have you come alongside us. So um, today I'm going to, we're doing this series, Word, Worship, and Prayer. So we've done, Josh did two messages on the Word out of John 1. Um, I'm going to preach today out of John 11 and 12, and we're going to sit on worship. That's why we've stuck the worship at the end, so I know it's kind of weird. And these are like the two biggest chunks of, of a service, is worship and the message, and we're just now getting to it. So just bear with me as we do this. If you would just hear me out today, I feel like the time after this is going to be very impactful for us, because it's going to be a time where we're going to start taking action in some things that we haven't done in a long time. And some of the things that I just get this sense that, that God is going to open up some people's eyes today to see Jesus in a way they have never seen him before, to understand him in a new way, 
And I think God just wants to tear down some ideas that you've had in your head about who Jesus is, and he's not actually like that. He's not like that at all. And he wants to replace that idea of you, that you have of Jesus into, into actual truth. And so that's, that's what I want to preach today. The verse that keeps coming to my mind is Galatians 5.1. And, and I've never understood this verse until, until probably this week. It's starting to settle in. It says, it's for freedom that Christ sets you free. Right? It, doesn't make any, it hasn't made any sense to me for freedom that he sets you free. With the opposite of that is that there is something, some reason that he sets you free. Like you have to do something. There's no reason he sets you free other than for you to be free. And so I think today I want to get you a vision of Jesus that is, that's freedom. It's not like, hey, I've got to follow Jesus and then I've got this, this you know, liturgy of things that I have to do. You don't have to do anything. He just wants to embrace you. He wants you, he wants you to have this idea of him that he is there for you and that he loves you. That's it, right? There's just, it's just, you're free. Why are you free? Because you're free. He just wants to set you free. He doesn't want you to be bound by sin anymore. He doesn't want you to be a slave to anything but him, right? You're just a slave to righteousness. You're no longer a slave to sin anymore. And so God wants to release freedom in the room today. Are you guys with me? There's going to be freedom for you today to step forward into something you have never stepped forward into because you're going to understand Jesus in a new way. So, like I said, Josh preached on on the Word, okay? And the gist of what he said, he got to this point, which was the Word is worthless apart from Jesus. Like, the Word is just words. It's no different than the Quran or the Upanishads or the Ramayana. It's just a book. Okay, and it's just a religious book if you remove Jesus from that book. The reason is because in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So Jesus is the Word, and it was made flesh. So the Word that we have when we read the Scripture is if we're not finding Jesus in this book, it's just words. And so we've got to find a way to read Scripture in that way, but it's the same is true of worship, because worship is nothing if it doesn't point to Jesus. You've, many of us worship things in our lives every day, and they have nothing to do with Jesus. Okay, and so, I th- and I think the reason is because the reason you don't read the Word right is because you don't value Jesus right. There's, if you don't see, if you don't look for Jesus and value Jesus in this book, you read it like a rule book. And if you don't value Jesus in worship, what you end up doing is you just never do it. You don't, ever, you don't ever put yourself in a place where you want to put your heart before him. And so there's, there's, there's a place that we're going to find today where we're going to start valuing Jesus in worship. So the question I want to just kind of pose to you today is, is what's the thing that you value more than anything? We're going to read a passage today um, in John 12 about Mary of Bethany who values a vial of perfume more than anything. And we're going to see what she does with it. But for you, what's the thing you value most? I mean, I'm thinking about it even with dedicating Piper today. It's actually unhealthy to value your children more than you value God. That's very, very true. You can actually put your, put your children on a pedestal so much that everything revolves around what you do for them and not what you can do for Jesus. So that's, that's one. Uh, children, maybe you value your bank account. It's actual monetary. Okay. Uh, maybe you value your job, your house, your car. 
So there's some other things, like your, maybe you value your looks, right? You guys can look around at the really good-looking people in the room. So maybe you value your looks, maybe you value your reputation, or maybe you value your spouse. There's a number of different things we, we value, and what we realize is that what you value most is what you worship most. Your life is made to worship. You can never escape worship in your life. You will, you've worshipped since the day you were born. You will worship to the day you die. And it depends on what you value is what you're worshipping. So Mary, in this passage we're going to read, what we find is that Mary values Jesus in three different ways. Okay, he, She values Jesus in three different ways. One is from the past. Two is in the present, and three is for the future. Okay, from the past, in the present, for the future. And what I want to pose to you today is that if you never take a step from understanding Jesus in the past, you can't take a step into the present. Okay, and so what worship is, worship is not from the past. It has an element of it. It's not for the future. It has an element of it. Worship is taking a step forward today to say, I'm going to worship him now. I'm going to worship him today. It's not going to be a tomorrow thing. Look, tomorrow will worry about itself. Yesterday has already been done, and today is the day of salvation. Today is the day where we take a step forward. So we're going to start off, John 11. We're going to, we're going to go before we really hit the passage that we're really going to land on. I want to give a little preface. And in John 11 is where Lazarus is raised from the dead. And this is, this is one of the most amazing passages that I've ever read in Scripture. I love it. And what I want to do today is look at, it just, as you read this, look at the person of Mary, the type of things that she does, the steps she takes that are just unorthodox, and try to think, what, how can I take steps like this in my life? So we're going to start off in verse 17. I'll read here. You guys can follow along up there. I don't know if the translation will be the same. Okay, so when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. Martha, therefore, when she heard that Jesus was coming, went to meet him. But Mary stayed at the house. Martha then said to Jesus, and this is, this is important, listen to this. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother would not have died. Even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he'll rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And Jesus said to her, I'm, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, even he who comes into the world. Now, when she had said this, she went away and she calls Mary, her sister, and she says to her secretly, the teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and was coming to you. And that's a word for somebody today is that when, when the teacher calls you, get up quick. Don't just sit around. Don't postpone. Figure out all the excuses why you don't take a step forward. Today's the day where you take a step forward and go quick. Verse 30. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha met him. And then the Jews who were with her in the house uh, and consoling her, when they saw that Mary got up quickly and went out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now this is what Mary does. Therefore, when Mary came where Jesus was, she saw him. 
And she falls at his feet and says to him, Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews came with her, also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and was troubled. See, I've heard preachers preach this message a lot and they've always said, well, Mary and Martha say the same thing, but it's how Mary said it. They actually don't say the same thing. They actually say, say a little bit of different things and their postures are completely different. You see, Martha comes to Jesus and she has this expectation that he's going to do something for her. She, com- she, she comes to him with her chest puffed out and she says, and she says look, if you would have been here, Jesus, he, my, my brother, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have died. He wouldn't have died. And I, he, she says, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. And that's the phrase that she says that Mary doesn't say. I know that whatever you ask of God, he's going to give it to you. I I think, how many times do we approach Jesus with this expectation he's going to do something for me? Like, I'm going to get something from this. See, what Mary does, first off, she runs to him, and before she ever says a word, she's on her knees in front of him. Like, I don't care. I don't care I don't care what the world says. I don't care who's looking. There's a whole crowd of people behind her. She doesn't care. She gets at his feet. And she says the same thing. She says a very similar thing. She says, she says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother, he wouldn't have died. And when Jesus hears her say it because of her posture with tears coming out of her eyes, she's weeping. It says that Jesus' spirit was deeply moved. We're talking about this is the spirit of Jesus, which means it's the Holy Spirit. She moves the Holy Spirit because of the way that she approaches Jesus. You see, I just think about, have you ever, you ever had, like, uh, I'm sure many of you have, have seen a woman cry before. Anybody? <laughs> right. <laughs> Some more than others. I'm not looking at anyone. And, you know, Martha comes to him with, you know, she, her makeup's all done. She's, her chest is puffed out. She's thinking, you should have been here. And I know you can still do something. You see, what Mary does is she gets to this place where she's on her knees before Jesus and mascara is running down her face. She's, she's ruined. She's ruined. She's ruined. And she moves the spirit of Jesus. You see, this is true worship. This is real worship. We are called to this type of worship, not to come to Jesus with expectations. I can't tell you how many times I've stepped into a worship atmosphere and thought, oh, what am I going to get out of this? God, you got to speak to me. you got to do this thing in my life. Look, don't come to him with these things. Look, he, he cares about them. He does. And there's a moment where once you're at his feet, you can actually begin making these requests to him. But some of us can't even get to, to his feet. Why? Because we're our pride. Our pride s- stands us up and thinks, I'm equal with this man. He's far greater than we are. He's far greater than we are. And he's calling you to get down on your knees and just embarrass yourself. It's okay to, be, to just embarrass yourself and be vulnerable. So a couple questions for you. How often do you put off going to him? And do you go to him because you want something? Do you go to him because you want something? So I want to look at, at, at Mary in this next passage in John chapter 12 in, in three ways, like I said, from the past, in the present, for the future. You see, what happens in this passage 
is what initiates her relationship with Jesus in a deeper way. And some of you, you're going to probably tune me out for the next 20 minutes because you're going to think, I don't even connect with the stuff you're talking about now. The stuff I just said maybe connects with you. Why? Because you've never had a resurrected Lazarus in your life. Never once has, has God moved in your life in a way that you felt his presence because you never let yourself be vulnerable before him. And so when I'm reading this next part, you're going to start tuning me out, and I just challenge you to dig deep right now and stay with me. Okay, we're going to mo- keep moving. John chapter 12, verse 1. We're going to break this up into three sections, okay? First two verses. Jesus, therefore, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. And so they made him a supper there, and Martha was serving. But Lazarus was one of those reclining at the table with him. So what happens is Jesus goes into Bethany the first time, raises Lazarus from the dead. We have this whole thing we just talked about. Then he goes, and what happens is there's an uproar. Tons of people, it's a super hostile environment, and people are feeling like, the, the religious authorities are starting to think, this man is, a, is challenging us. He's challenging the religious system. He's challenging the political um, system. The Roman Empire, is, is, it just feels like there's a lot of dissension if this man keeps doing what he does because people are going to start believing in him. And so they say to themselves, we are going to seize this man and we're going to kill him. Right? And so what Jesus does, instead of, instead of leaning into it at first, he actually goes away. Why? Because it wasn't Passover yet. And so this is huge for somebody today. You need to know that Jesus purposely left in order to come back, and he chose his death for you. It was, it was chosen for you. To, you need to know that. You need to know that he chose to die for you. It wasn't because all of the things came around him, and it was a last chance, like, oh, i got to give up. It wasn't that. He left and went into a place called Ephraim, he went into hiding before he came out, back into Bethany outside of Jerusalem. So he goes from Ephraim, out of hiding, comes back into the public sector where he's in Bethany again. And this is where we find him. He comes back to be honored at, as a guest. This was very common in, Ju- in Jewish culture. He would come, and there would be everybody in Bethany, different families and stuff, they would come and sit at a table and have a feast, and there would be a guest there, and they would honor this a person. And so there, it's very natural to honor the man that just raised the dude from the dead. It's like, yeah, we're going we're gonna to honor this guy. So he comes in, and they're, and they're honoring him. And what we have is, right off the bat, we have Martha doing what she does best, and Mary doing what she does best, right? Martha is serving, right? Martha's doing stuff, constantly doing stuff. And what Mary's doing is worshiping, and this is what we see here, verse 3. Mary then took a pound of very costly perfume of pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples who was intending to betray him, said, Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and given to poor people? Now he said this not because he was concerned about the poor, but because he was a thief. And as he had the money box, he used to pilfer what was put into it. Um, Ken, can you, there's, a, there's something in my drawer in my office. Can you grab it for me? Totally prepared for this. 
It's a, it's some, it's anointing oil. You, pro- you definitely know what that looks like. Um, okay, while he, while he, while he grabs that, I, I just want to explain what this. You got it. Awesome. Thank you. Um, okay, so this is a, this is a small, this is a half an ounce of pure nard. Okay, this is what Mary would have poured on the feet of Jesus. Okay, so what, what this is. In, in their culture, was, this is a very, very rare to find. The reason is because it, it was an extract, and it came from India. And so to, to have this was worth a lot of money. It was worth 300 denarii, which is an entire year's worth of wages. Okay? So to put it in perspective, Judas sold, off, sold Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Mary pours 300 pieces of silver on his feet. Let that blow your mind. And let let it sit in a little bit more. It costs you a lot more to worship than it does to betray. It costs a lot more. And it's a lot easier. It costs a lot more. And it's a lot easier. And so this was was an oil. It was very tradable. She could have taken this in the open market and, and traded this very easily. It's worth a year's wages, and it says a pound. It's actually a Roman pound, which would have been 12 ounces. So this is half an ounce. This was, this, so this is, tw- it would have been 24 times what I'm holding in my hand, okay? And this would have been acceptable to use for burial, okay? This is the only time you'd really use it in Jewish culture was if you were actually burying someone, okay? I want to pass this around. This is, it smells awesome, by the way. So what I want to do is, what happened when Mary took this and put it on Jesus' feet is it filled the, fra- the, filled the room with a fragrance. Okay, I want to pass this around to you guys, and you guys are more than welcome to grab a little bit. If you've never done this before, you just put your finger over it, tip it over. If you try to, like, pour it, you're going to, like, ruin your clothes, okay? So do that. Put some on your hands. You guys just pass it around. Um, okay. So there's three things I want to look at here as that gets passed around. Like I said, worship, there's, there's three things. Worshiping in the present is extremely costly, it's extremely brave, and it's extremely simple, okay? This is not like, this is, there's no like formula to this. It's just taking yourself and putting yourself in front of Jesus and letting yourself be vulnerable, okay? And so there's this thing where you gotta move from understanding Jesus in the past only as a, like, oh, he, yeah, he raised Lazarus from the dead. And we've actually got to take a step forward into the present where you actually take action. Because if God did something in your life, that's great. That's amazing. Good for you. He's done, a, he's done things in a lot of people's lives, okay? But if you never take the step forward and get on his feet and pour something out before him, there's no real worship there, okay? So, there, so it's from the past, but it actually has to meet the present. That's a threshold for somebody today that they need to cross, you need to step into understanding that you've got to worship in the present. So Judas betrays Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. 300 get poured out on the feet of Jesus. And the reason is because Judas saw no value. Judas saw no value in Jesus. He saw the, you know how much he, he, he when you sell something, you think, okay, I'm going to value this. How much is it, is it worth? Judas thought Jesus was worth 30 pieces of silver. That's that's crap, guys. That offends me to think that he thinks my Savior's only worth 30 pieces of silver. He's worth a lot more than that. 
He's worth a lot more than 300 pieces of silver. And, and for you, whatever that thing is that's most valuable to you that we talked about earlier, what would happen if you poured it on his feet? If you just gave it up? Just said, look, I'm not going to value that. It's, it's, just, it's nothing in comparison to this thing that I see. Right? And Mary had this vision of who he was that was magnificent. She saw him in a way that no one else could see him. She thought about him more than she thought about herself. So worshiping in the present is costly. Worshiping in the present is brave. Think, I want you to just kind of think about this as it get passed around. I don't know if you guys can even smell it in like this area yet. But the, the smell is distinct. When you, when, you, when you actually start to smell this thing, it's very distinct. Okay, and what was happening is this is a super hostile environment, like I said. This, I mean, they, were, they told people that if you, if you know where Jesus is, tell us where he is so we can seize him. Mary is so brave that she's willing not just to be at a dinner party with him, to get before his feet, put oil on him, and say, look, I know you're going to smell like this, and I'm going to use my hair, and I'm going to smell like you smell. You guys, you guys tracking with me there? There's this, there's this connection between them where she is, she's brave enough to smell like he smells in probably one of the most hostile times of her entire life and say, I'm going to connect myself to this man and I don't care what they do to me. I don't care what they think. I don't care what anybody at this dinner party thinks. I'm going to get on my feet like I did before and I'm going to pour out everything I have on this man. Everything I have is going on to him. I was, I was, as a probably 14 years old, I remember being at a little, um, like, youth group one, one night, and f- for the first time ever, probably feeling the sense that God was, was kind of real, getting the sense that he was actually worth my worship, and actually giving him something, and we were doing, and he was a, at, a, at a Baptist church, there wasn't a lot of uh, hand raising or anything like that. And I remember feeling like I have to like reach out my heart to him in some way. And I felt like I needed to raise my hands in worship. Just one of the most simple acts as a child. And, and I remember just this fear of like, man, all these, I've got friends here. What are they going to think about me, you know? And I, I do it. I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to do it. I see the value in Jesus. And I raise my hands and I'm worshiping. I'm the only person. It's so awkward. And, and afterwards... I have uh, these, a couple of, of my closest friends at this church just start making fun of me. Just like, yeah, Jordan, real, real nice. That's, you know, you're, you're like one of those guys now, you know, all these things. And we were just feeling like, ugh, why? You know, like, why does it cost me something? Why? I mean, the, the thing that was most valuable was my reputation. But I had to reach this moment where I was like, it's, this is worth it to me. It's worth me getting embarrassed just a little bit. And it's such a stupid thing. It's not even a big deal, right? But it was this moment of, I feel like I need to do this. And I raised my hands in worship. And it cost me my reputation at that place. But it set me on a trajectory for the rest of my life. So worshiping the, in the presence costly. It's, it's brave. And lastly, uh, worshiping the presence is simple. You know, when you value Jesus... It just makes sense. It's, it's interesting to me that, that in chapter 13 of John, we've read this passage, Jesus shows the disciples, this is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to love one another. And he washes their feet and he says, this is how you're supposed to do it. John chapter 12, 
Mary washes his feet and she doesn't, she doesn't, she's not instructed to do it. No one ever tells her this is what you're supposed to do. We're talking about Peter here, right? The father of the church. And, she ha- and, and Jesus has to say, wash, wash feet. This is, the, this is the call of your life, wash feet. And Mary gets it. Mary gets it beforehand and she says, I'm just gonna wash your feet. I don't even care. I don't even care what anybody thinks. I'm gonna wash your feet. Some of you guys, and this is a woman, by the way, super weird in, in this culture, and, and I love that it's a woman, and some of you women need to step up here. Some of you women need to step up to say, look, I don't care. It's, it's about you. I'm going to value you higher than I do anything else. And so this, it's just so simple. It doesn't, take, it doesn't take this like rule book of things you need to do, okay? It doesn't take a rule book of things you need to do. I was, I was meeting with my I, I'm a super introvert, by the way. You guys, if you guys know me, especially those of you who took Myers Briggs recently, you guys know what an I is like. And uh, I went over to meet my neighbor recently. He's been there like six months. I haven't gotten to meet him yet. I went over there and I said, "Hey, I'm Jordan," and, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm, I'm Bill. Nice to meet you. Um, do you want a beer?" So like automatically, he's like welcoming me, you know, into his house. And uh, and so we sit and have a drink together for about an hour and talk and. You know, it was great. And he, he said something to me that really, that really stuck out. And he, we we're talking about Christianity. Uh, and he, he, said, he said, you know, it's pretty much, you know, you just follow the Ten Commandments. And it's pretty much just, you know, if you do that, you'll be good. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. <laughs> you know, it's not about this. It's, it, we, we really do, but we laugh about it. But it, there's something in us that wants to do it. It's like, yeah, just give me some stuff to do. Just give me that stuff to do, and I'll do it, and I'll be good. Look, it, it's just Mar- Mary understands that there's not a, a rule book. Don't, you don't follow these things. And Jesus doesn't expect you to just do stuff for him. That's, that's freeing for somebody today. He doesn't want you to do stuff. Just release yourself. Give yourself freedom. All right? the, the best way to break a chain in your life is to understand that you're free. Right? It says in Galatians 5, it's for freedom that you've been set free. Why do you constantly set yourself like you're a slave in bondage? You keep convincing yourself that you're a slave. You've been set free. Walk in freedom. Walk in freedom and give yourself to Jesus. But there's this question that many of us are asking, and it's if I give everything, what's going to happen? What's going to happen if I just give it all up? And there's, and there's that piece of the puzzle where we move from the past and we take it into the present and there's something actually that happens in the future. There's something that happens in the future. See it here in verses 7 and 8. Therefore, Jesus said, let her alone so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For you always have the poor with you, but you don't always have me. Mary does something and has no idea what she's doing when she worships. She's actually anointing the Savior of the world to be put to death. And doesn't even realize it. There's something, and that's for somebody today, I'm about to like blow somebody's brain. Something for you today is you're, you can step into worship and do things you don't even know you're doing. Like you're gonna, you can, there could be people getting healed in Africa because you're worshiping here. And if you go even a step further, in the, in the end times, how it will be is that, Everyone will gather around the Lamb and worship Him 
all the days of their life. And so what you're doing is a prophetic symbol of the thing that we're always going to do later. So you are, your worship is prophecy. It's prophecy because you're going to do it. Everyone will do it. Every, every knee will bow and tongue confess that he is Lord. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. All will say it. You are called for the purpose of worship. It's time to give ourselves to it. It's time to give ourselves to it. So don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about what could happen or what could be if you give yourself in this way. Because your hope is secure and your future is found in Him. I just want you to know that He sees you. James, why don't you go ahead and come on up, man? I just want you guys to know He sees you so deeply. He sees you so deeply. Not only does He see you with His eyes, He knows you with His mind. And what you have to realize is that when He sees you and knows you, He actually feels something for you. There's more than just being seen by Him. A lot of us know, oh yeah, He's, he's omniscient. He knows me. He, he does. He knows me. Yeah, He knows you. He actually feels something for you too. That's the thing. We don't, we don't understand that He feels love for us. He loves you. He, he sees, not only does He see you, He sees your sin. He sees the way you treat your husband and your wife. He, he sees the way you treat your children. Okay, he sees, the, he sees the thoughts and the pictures that roll through your mind when no one else is there and you don't ever speak out to anyone. He sees all those, all those things and he actually loves you past it. There's, there's a level of Jesus that's way, way deeper. And if you would get before him in a way that you'd be vulnerable with him, he would heal your heart. He would heal, he would wipe your slate clean, and you'd no longer feel the regret that you feel because you've been set free. And that's the reason that you've been set free for freedom. So for you today, as you just kind of interact in worship, two, two, I think there's two people today, and if you'd identify with one of them, some of you have never fallen at the feet of Jesus. I can't, it's hard to remember. It's hard to remember what it was like to never be at his feet. But some of you have never been there before. It's time for you to move forward, to take a step today, to just put your heart before him and to be loved. Not to do anything. Not to say a certain prayer, just to be loved. And so today, just take a step forward with the prayer teams and just be loved. Be loved by Him. He wants you to know that. You've come to Him with an agenda, and He wants you to know that He just wants to be with you. And the second person would be those that have fell on His feet once, but you're, you're only worshiping Him from the past. You see the things, you, you remember when He raised Lazarus from the dead, and but this, this idea of taking a step forward and actually pouring out the oil on his feet, it's just, that's just too much. You see, the, you see value in the things that you have in your hands and don't see the value of the one seated on high. Know that he's greater. Know that he's greater today. 
Don't be scared to give up the thing most valuable to you. Your hope and your security are found at his feet. Let's pray. Lord, melt the hearts of those that want to be with you. There is a desire in some of you today to take a step forward and your reputation is on the line. Everything in you wants to wage war against the feeling of the inner man that would say, I want Jesus, but I also have this feeling that I'm going to have to give something up. And I want to tell you today it's worth it. Just because you haven't realized it yet doesn't mean it's not true. He's worth every ounce of the value of the things that you have put your trust in. Every ounce be poured out onto his feet today. And today's the day of salvation for you. It's not tomorrow. Tomorrow will come, but today is the day where we take a step forward. So Jesus, we lift your name on high to worship you this morning, God, as the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who has died and has risen again. You rose again on our behalf that we would have life, and not just life, but have it in abundance. So release an abundant life over people today, God. For the one, God, who doesn't care anymore and at the end of the rope, God, I pray that you would lengthen the rope and give them grace to climb, to climb to a place, God, where they could finally find you. I just want to tell you today, stop looking everywhere. Your eyes are searching on the earth for something that would finally satisfy your needs telling you he's right in front of you right now he's been there the whole time his feet just look down look down and see that his feet are there and he wants that nard he wants the nard the perfume god that he would just pour it out on his feet and see the value of jesus his heart moves for you just like mary moved the holy spirit that was in Jesus, you have the opportunity today to move his spirit. So give it all up. Make yourself vulnerable and we give you glory, honor, praise, and dominion in the name of Jesus. Amen. You guys can stand. We'll worship. Thank you again for joining us today. And please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.